You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are our interviews with the writer and director of the new A24 film Waves, Trey Edward Schultz, and the star of that film, Kelvin Harrison Jr. We can go right now. We can go? Well, we can go right now. That's what's up. You think you can take the old man? Come on. What's up? Did you start? What a difference a day made. I'm trying to give you the tools to succeed in this world. 24 little hours. Everything I do is for you. Hey, stop. All right, I am chatting here with the writer and director of the film Waves, Trey Edward Schultz. You may have heard his name from his previous two films, Cretia and It Comes at Night. And I just want to say for the record, uh, this is a great, great thrill for me. I'm a huge fan so far of all three of this man's films. So Trey, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Pleasure to be talking with you here. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, As I said before, Big, big, big fan. Your debut, Cretia, knocked me on my ass. It Comes at Night, knocked me on my ass. And then I saw Waves at Telluride at its world premiere. No idea what I was in for, but man, you just keep raising the bar and knocking me on my ass. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Hell yeah. (laughs) So... One unifying theme that I've started to pick up on in all three of your films so far is this theme of family and how you put that family unit into some sort of dark circumstances. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Is that definitely a conscious effort on on your part to have the those be like a central thorough line throughout your films? You know, um, shockingly, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it, it all, it seems like it, because like each new film, like when I'm tr- thinking of it or writing, it's like, it's starting with everything that's different about it from the last one. And I'm not even thinking about everything else that's the same. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just trying to do that. And then I think family just ends up working its way into everything, uh, you know, family and my loved ones are the some of the most important things in my life and people in my life. So I'm fascinated by them and it's just a natural thing. But now, now that it has happened so much, uh, I don't know, who knows if it will be a conscious thing in the future. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's because that's why they resonate with me so much is that as an audience member, I'm able to put myself so firmly into the character's shoes because at the end of the day, uh, most, if not all of us, got family. Amen. So it's a very uh, easy thing to latch on to there, I think. Amen. I absolutely agree. So why this story in particular? Uh, you know, you, you did Cretia, which was kind of like this um, very personal, uh, upscale, you know, independent film that did pretty well, you know, with people that you know in your life. It Comes at Night was definitely a step up for you, more seeped within the horror genre. Why then uh, go to Waves? Uh, What was it about this particular family story that really spoke to you? Well, um, it's a lot of things. I think this was, this movie iterations and like kind of ideas and versions have been in the back of my head forever. And it sort of just feels like the one that it was all leading to, you know? Um, 
And uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a very personal film. Um, I kind of just tried to put everything I have as a human being into where, where I feel kind of emotionally and spiritually, um, creatively as a filmmaker and just all put in an, into a movie. <laughs> um, so it just felt like something I had to make, you know. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. There's definitely a very heavy emotional catharsis uh, when watching Waves, and there definitely seems to be a lot that feels very personal at times, and that, and also, too, it feels so universal. I hope so. Yeah, even if it, my, uh, myself, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a white individual. I don't know what it's like to come from uh, a black family or anything like that, but yet still there was a universality to this story that really spoke to me when I watched it. Yeah. Do you, are, are you hoping that that's what others will take away from it, even though it does center around uh, a black family in this case? Uh, absolutely. I think what I kind of discovered from my first movie, you know, when I, I made a movie with literally family and friends in my mom's house about family members, um, that like the more specific something is, the more universal it can be and the more honest it can be. So for this, you know, I'm also, I'm a white man, um, and it's a black family because of Calvin, uh, who I love, and we made our last movie together, and we wanted to make something together again. And we had a very deep, uh, intense collaboration that was one of the best collaborations of my life. Um, and what we, what we talked about from the beginning is, like, um, it needs to be a black family with uh, specificity to that and hopefully authenticity um, but a black family can, what they're going through are universal things like, um, and, and we can feel the more specific and nuanced and honest we are to that. I think the more universal it can become, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely does. And you know, your previous collaboration with Kelvin Harrison Jr. Feeding into that makes perfect sense to me. Um, yep. I, I did, I too discovered him with, uh, it comes at night as well. And my God, he's having a hell of a year with oh this God, and right? loose right now. I just oh, so, man. so proud of him, man. When I saw Loose too, because I've been, you know, editing him forever, and I was so proud of Waves, and then seeing him in Loose, I was just, oh, this is his year, man. I don't know, he's unbelievable. That kid. Uh, he's one of my favorite best actors this year, that's for sure, for both performances, truly. And in talking about the casting then uh, as well, um, working with uh, someone uh, like Sterling K. Brown right now, uh, really introducing a large majority of audiences uh, that are not too familiar with her previous work, Taylor Russell, to us all. Uh, can you tell us about how it started with Kelvin and then it just brought on all this amazing talent for this movie? Yeah, well, it was basically, so with Kelly, it was simple. It was like, uh, there was already a love and trust built up. We know each other. We love each other. Uh, we believe in each other. Let's make something special. So my goal going forward with the rest of the cast was as much as we can uh, get that energy, you know, uh, and, and, and bring that out. So when I would, whether it was like, you know, reaching out to Sterling, who was the dream, or Taylor just auditioning, um, First, it's like they're super talented people, so that like let's get that out of the way, and then it's like meeting them and talking to them, and they feel genuinely like good human beings, and you just feel a genuine connection and a vibe. Like you know it when you're sitting across from someone or talking to someone, and you just feel spiritually connected to them, or you don't. 
So I just wanted to like try to pick people I thought were good human beings that were crazy talented that I connected with. Um, and that's what we did. And that's how it fit. Like I genuinely, we all love each other. I love everyone. The collaboration was amazing. And even if we didn't know each other from the top, it was um, getting to know each other and, and getting to uh, build a trust and a love together. Um, so I just feel very, very privileged to get to me. They're the best cast in the world and they deserve everything. Um, and I just feel privileged. I got to work with them. I keep saying that he has probably one of the best agents right now in Hollywood. Uh, Lucas Hedges, uh, he just seems to be picking great project after great project. How did he come along board waves? Uh, it was, it was cool. It was, I got an email one day from actually his, his agent that Lucas was a fan <laughs> and wanted to be. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, and I had seen, I think it, I'm trying to remember, I think it was right after I had seen Manchester, or like months after Manchester, and it's a film I love, and Lucas just blew me away in it, and then we met, I met him in New York, and we, it was that same thing, like I felt like I knew him when I didn't, you know, it's that feeling you get when you're with someone and you vibe, um, and we just loved each other, and we loved our work, and I started telling him about Waves, which I was writing, and um, really opened up to him in like a broad strokes of like what I thought the full story was and what it was about and all this stuff and he connected with it deeply um, and yeah pretty much from that meeting on it was just like we felt that connection and wanted to work together and I'm so happy we did man nice in, in talking about what waves is about there were reports back in 2018 that your next movie would be a musical and you know even heading into Telluride I was like I don't I don't know it doesn't seem like it's going to be a musical and then of course when you watch the film uh, it's not in the traditional sense but music does play a heavy factor in the movie Um, not just from Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross but also the film soundtrack as well so can you talk about like from your own point of view, what it was like hearing those initial reports and then obviously uh, your uh, conscious effort to utilize music in this movie? Uh, well, hearing the initial reports were hilarious. We were actually in pre-production putting together the movie. And then I think something, because we didn't put out an official release on the movie. I think something just got leaked in somewhere lost in the communication that music was a heavy component to then it became a musical. So like I was reading a headline like Sterling K. Brown and Lucas Hedges in a musical by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Not the movie we're making, (laughs) but... (laughs) Um, So that was a trip. That was hilarious. And then, yes, I would say now... The music's everything to the movie. I don't think it's a musical, but the characters are singing with song in their world at times. So it's probably as close as I'll ever get to a musical. Um, But yeah, I just, uh, I love music and it's everything to the spirit of this movie and the ebb and flow, you know? Yeah. And the movie definitely has that uh, ebb and flow, like you said there. Um, I think that's also aided in part by uh, the camera here and the work that Drew Daniels does on this. Man, uh, it, it, it was truly awe-inspiring at times. Um, the camera movement, the lighting, the colors. Um, I, I, you know, I've, I've been hearing this a lot, and maybe it's just because it's you know a twenty-four Florida. Um, African-American actors and characters and such, you know, there's been a lot of comparisons to like Moonlight. But in in talking about Drew Daniels' work and just setting the record straight here, how would you say uh, his work on this film uh, stands out to you as an artist? 
Oh, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Um, Drew's the best in the world in my mind. And um, uh, yeah, man, we basically, we're just trying to make this subjective, immersive experience that puts a, that hopefully puts you, the audience, through these characters' minds and hearts and souls. And um, uh, Love Moonlight, incredible movie. Uh, I think our movie's uh, very different as well. And Drew's doing some very, very different work. Uh, and deserves all the props in the world. Um, yeah, man, I could, I won't make a movie without that man. I love him. Yeah, no, it, it totally is. I like I was t- I was telling a friend of mine the other day. I was like, you know how many movies are shot in Los Angeles and New York, and they look like New York and Los Angeles. Why can't Florida <laughs> be the same way? You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Man. So not not everything has to be you know the same like that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're just inspired. You know. It, being in Florida too, we were so inspired. We loved it so much. Uh, yeah, it was so fun, man. Now, uh, did you have a rehearsal period uh, on this film with the actors? Um, like, what was and, and then also too, like from a pre-production standpoint, uh, did you have like time to prep uh, for this film? Because it's a small film. You, you know, you never know. Yeah. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, we had so for rehearsal. I don't like traditional rehearsals. Uh, I love. Mm-hmm talking about everything, you know, like talk, going through the scripts with actors as much or as little as they want. With Kelvin, it's like analyzing everything to death. Um, some actors are less hands-on in that capacity. Uh, but I love basically doing that in the, pre, uh, in the preparation part of it to where we don't actually rehearse scenes, but we go through them and talk about them. And then I'll get feedback from actors and change things after that um, and then let it continually evolve on the day. Um, so I like to try to be surprised on the day and save for actually doing the scene for the cameras. But then by the time we're at that point, there's been so much built up communication. We know the goal that we're going into it together. Um, I'd say pre-pro was the same kind of thing, uh, with Drew. We shot list to death. Um, we prepared everything as much as possible. We definitely could have used more time. You don't get as much time as you need on these movies. Some stuff was last minute. We didn't have like half our locations a week out and we have over 50 locations in the movie. And um, there were some crazy and pre-production was honestly the most stressful because there was bond company stress and they thought our schedule was impossible. Um, It it became a bit of a nightmare. But once we actually started shooting, uh, it was amazing. Yeah. For such a heavy film uh, that I mean, I'll admit I cried twice watching the movie. (laughs) Amazing. I cried making it. So it's yeah. Cry watching it. Oh no! I'm telling you, this movie, this movie definitely did a number on me in a very good way. Let me tell you. Great. <laughs> but Great. I'm curious to know, like, as kind of like the person that people look to on set, the director, the leader, whatever you want to call it, um, for such a heavy movie, what what do you do to kind of lighten up the set, if you will? Um, you know, with the actors getting obviously very, very intense into their characters and their and in their scenes, how do you like to um, you know manage that set? Yeah, well, um, it's probably uh, the sets are probably a bit unorthodox. Um, I, I just try to like I want everyone there. I want sort of a trust and love between as many people as possible, uh, and a good energy between everyone um, to where. I want it to feel like we're a family making something we love because that's sort of how I made my first movie. So I'm just trying to do that. Even when it's with complete strangers, I think if you 
set a tone with good energy, that good energy will, will go across. Like people got into movies and making movies because they love them, not just purely to make money, you know? Yep. So especially if you're shooting in places like Florida, like people that are still working in the industry, they're doing it because they love it. Um, and you want to make stuff you care about with people you care about. So there's that. There's just setting that tone, um, which I 100% believe we had, um, and it's trust and love. So that will mean it's either a lot of fun and we're just messing around or it's it's serious and we're getting in a scene. But um, uh, the hard stuff and getting into it is so much more rewarding when you care about what you're making with people you care about. And just having that trust, too, with the actors to where I hope they feel it's a safe, trusting environment. And we're kind of all we're in on this thing together and we're there just to support them. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all I'm really trying to do. Do you have any aspirations to want to do larger films or are you worried that that connection that you have with the people on set might get lost the bigger the scope gets with a project? Good question. I'd say I love the idea of each time trying to make a bigger and bigger movie, um, but I wouldn't want it to. uh yeah, like I wouldn't want to cross that threshold, you know what I mean, to where uh, it, it, something does get lost in the process and you can't foster that kind of energy. I mean, so far we've been able to do it, um, and I don't know. I guess it, we'll just see, but I do. I love all kinds of movies. I love big movies, small movies, so I think it's whatever the story is. And then, and then, but at the end of the day, I'm still just going to be, no matter what I'm making, trying to chase that feeling, even if it's hundreds of people on set how can we all be a big sloppy family as much as possible you know yeah nah oh and i got oh i gotta ask you this question just about the screenplay in general um yeah the film has two distinct halves where did that come from yeah i think um well one thing i remember seeing chunking express and i had a great movie structure with that yeah one of my favorites incredible movie and i think too because this movie is rolling around in the brain for so long and i wanted i wanted more than just tyler's half you know i wanted um but i didn't know what that was and then for whatever reason i remember that moment unlocking this epiphany that it could be oh like the yin and the yang and the two halves making the whole uh and the brother and a sister linked by this tragedy um, and it just felt I don't, exciting to me because I don't know a lot of movies that have such a huge central event and then halfway through it um, and then switching characters. And it just felt right to me, like tonally and emotionally to life and grief and how unexpected things can be. And and um, yeah, what it's like trying to get through to the other side of something and trying to heal. So uh, it's just become sort of the DNA of the movie for many, many years. And I was really excited about that. And also I think the perspectives, you know, in movies and cinema, a privilege is like seeing and feeling something, uh, through, through another human being, you know? So to do that purely through a brother and then a sister and that unique sibling connection, um, that was also just really exciting. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I think it's one of the reasons why it stood out for me as one of my favorite films of this year is because I, I haven't seen another film do it like that this year at oh, all. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Um, you're no stranger to film festivals. You've been the Cannes, South by Southwest, AFI. But this was your first time at Telluride and at TIFF. Uh, what was that experience like for you? 
it was amazing. Honestly, Telluride, I had some altitude, uh, altitude stuff hit me, and I was nervous and a little out of it. So it was very surreal. I don't think I was quite ready to pull off the Band-Aid and, like, share the movie. Um, but then it was amazing. And then Toronto was amazing. We had uh, uh, a big standing ovation at our public screening, which was had never happened to me with a movie. So... Uh, I, I cried again there, naturally. Uh, it was amazing, man. Um, just humbling. Nothing's better than like when you're putting the movies out there and looking people in the eyes after, and talking to people after they've connected. It's the best feeling in the world. So just trying to trying to help spread that energy. Nice. And I, I think it's come across here uh, at, at different points. But in terms of just kind of bringing it all now together, for those that are listening right now, as the writer, as a director of this really incredible film, what is it that you want people to take away when they watch Waves? Oof. Uh, well, there is a lot in the movie, and I think it's designed as a subjective experience, so different people are going to take different things. For myself, um, you know, I hope you get to the end of it and feel some humanity and feel some empathy um, and, uh, and feel some love. And, and all, all that, the highs and lows between all that and how connected it is. And I think communication, too, has been a big thing I've thought about lately. Um, communication with our loved ones, um, especially parent and child, is a really beautiful thing to me. So who knows? I think everyone will take different things, but uh, hope, hope you feel some empathy at the end of it. Right, well, let's hope for the best there. Absolutely. So the film is called Waves. It is being released by A24 on November 15th, 2019. Be sure to see this one in theaters, people. Uh, small films like these, and you know they need our support out there. And this is one I think that, based on Trey's message and uh, everything that the film is standing for here, I think it's one that definitely should be seen by everybody. Uh, Trey, thank you, man. Like I said before at the top, this was a, a thrill for me. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Loved all three of the movies. You're three for three in my book, man. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, brother. This was a pleasure. And then, yeah, we got to do it again on the next one. Absolutely. Any idea what the next one is? No, I have not. I'm like a blank slate now. <laughs> one thing at a time, right? One Put thing it all at a time. Into this movie, so I don't know, man. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we really, really appreciate you being here. And, uh, Best of luck to you, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you again for having me. All right, man. All right, brother. Have a good one. You too. Bye. We are not afforded the luxury of being average. What a difference. I'm the one who's trying to hold this family together. Come on! You pushed him! What a difference. Tyler, I'm sorry. Tyler, stop! All right, everyone, you're listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast. My name is Matt Neglia. Joining me today is the star of Loose. Uh, he's also appearing in a film called Waves. You may have heard of it. It's making quite a bit of buzz right now at the moment on the awards scene, releasing in theaters on November 15th. I am here with Kelvin Harrison Jr. Kelvin, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm really, really good. Big, big, big fan of yours. Loving the work that you've been putting out these past couple of years. You're just like, you know, no pun intended. You're riding a wave right now, man. Can you feel it? I like to ride in the wave for the wave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm so excited. You know, like I always talk about, I, I started acting, I guess, 
six years ago, six, seven years ago, and I was from New Orleans. And, like, I was just so happy. If Like, at first, I didn't know this was something I wanted to do. So even if I got to day play or do a, a you know, weekly part or something small, I was like, I get to act, and that's so cool. And I thought that was all it was going to be. So to be here doing movies like this, doing movies with people that I have so much admiration for, it's just like, it doesn't really get better at this point, I'm, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I actually want to talk a little bit about that because I recently spoke with Trey Edward Schultz, and he did tell me that a large part of the reason why uh, Waves was the next project the two of you collaborated on was mostly because of his relationship with you. Uh, can you expand a little bit upon that? Yeah, so Trey and I met on The Come Tonight, and um, we, we it was so interesting because that was like my first like proper role or lead role in a movie and I just remember thinking like oh my god whoever this guy is that's taking this risk by casting me as Joel Edgerton's son it's literally like out there right now we just don't do that right now <laughs> you know so it was just like yeah. it, was, it was a cool chance that he took on me and then we built this beautiful relationship because of it he was so young he was like what 27 at the time and he made mm-hmm. when he was 25 which is how old I am now so there was just like this weird it was like a, like a mentorship that was so close and so personal because he accomplished so much so quickly. And all I could do was just gravitate towards that. And then he had such a, he had such a good heart and he was so egoless. So moving into the next movie, I was like, please let me be in, <laughs> you know, if there's a part for me, let me be in it. And our conversations ended up a year later being like, um, so I'm ready to start the project. And the first half of the movie is going to be about this, this, this brother who's a wrestler and the second half is the boyfriend, which role would you be more interested in doing? And I was like, that's not a lot of information, but obviously I want the more challenging role. And he was like, well, you couldn't chop wood in my first movie. So I don't think you can play re- wrestle in my next one. He was like, so I think if that's the hardest role, that's the one. And so we, um, I said, let's do that. So he said he was going to tell the role for me. So after that, it just became conversations about, what were my romantic relationships like? What was my relationship with my father like? And he shared stories about his personal life. And we just kind of started seeing these parallels between the, the two of us and um, just connected and bonded even further over that. And then it became, wow. you know, a story about a middle-class black family. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you received the script for Waves, without going into spoilers for those who have not seen it yet, um, well, let, let, let me put it to you this way. Were, were you surprised or did Trey kind of clue you in early as to where that story was going to go? Oh, I had no clue. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And so when I read it, I was I was shocked. But it was it's the, the thing about the script, and I think what Trey did, did so well was it was so immersive and he really allowed you to get into the headspace of the character. And if you didn't feel that, I've done movies and I've read scripts and I still don't feel like I can connect or I don't see the person or I don't necessarily know if the director actually understood and saw the young man that they were putting on the screen. And I think with this was so clear that Trey understood every emotional beat, every, every complexity, every flaw, every, every moment of passion, every moment of hope. The the boy was so complicated and, and fully realized that you couldn't help but, understand the journey that leads up to 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 the tragedy in the film um so i I wasn't worried about it but i was like shocked (laughs) yeah uh i'm I'm curious too um i assume loose uh you worked on first before waves 
did you uh, immediately notice that there were similarities between the two characters in the sense of uh, well-established uh, high school athlete, pretty well adjusted, so on and so forth. Uh, obviously, they both take very interesting turns as the story progress. But did you get like a little bit of a sense of that, depending on which one, which project came to you second? Like, mm, this sounds a little too similar. Uh, no, it was interesting because I, I did lose first. I did it a year before. Yep. And I learned so much from that process because I think what I needed to, in order to play Tyler in ways, was to play loose. Because I think Tyler, I mean, Luce is so articulate and he and that script really knows how to say um, what the struggles are and what the complexities are of being a young black person and what expectation mm-hmm. feels like. Luce really, he, he, he says it so beautifully every single yeah. time, every scene. And I think in order to play Tyler's subtext and the things that he didn't understand, I needed to understand the full-fledged or the fully realized version of what that experience looked like. Um, because when I was filming Luth, I realized things about my own upbringing and my own relationships that I didn't even, wasn't able to comprehend. And I think that's the beauty of that movie. Um, and I also, I thought it was important to show a different side or different version of what that was. You know, Luth represents the Obamas of it all, but at the same time, what I love about that movie, it also has the Deshaun's and it has the, the Corey's, all these other versions of the young black male that are trying to, to reach that, that level of, 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 of black excellence as they, as they want to call it. And Tyler represented more of one of those other guys and, and him not actually, he's the one that's like jealous of loose trying to get there, probably trying to achieve whatever this, this, this pressure, you know, and these expectations people were throwing on him. So it was cool to me to kind of play the full spectrum of what, you know, what these black kids existence looks like and how they can come from different homes with white parents, black parents, and the, the struggle is still very similar. Um, I'm curious to know uh, which of the two characters, Luce or Tyler, uh, did you see pieces of yourself in more? Um, you were talking a little bit about kind of relating you know, like your own experience in a way. Um, which one of those two would you say uh, you're more closer to? Um, I want to say it's like 50-50. There were moments where I felt like Luce I went to a private school when I got to high school and, you know, I was, I did too. (laughs) Yeah. Five black kids there. And it felt so, I learned so much about myself and because I was a musician, that was the reason I got to go to the school. So it was this, this, I was on every art postcard, you know, I had paid at every gala. It was like, I was just kind of there to be the token black kid that was really good at music. And Mm. in order for me to, I, I started to identify myself with that. And I felt like everyone loved me and everyone thought I was so, you know, so sweet, so kind, so, so, so acceptable, so non-threatening because of it all. And I learned how to, to, to code switch and I know how to do all the things. So that was something that was familiar to me. But then at the same time, I think I, I, on a personal level, I think in, in, in terms of my relationship with my father, um, I, I really kind of sided with Tyler a little bit more and, and, and that pressure because in order for me to be that musician at home, I was still this middle-class black family, you know, and we, my dad was a classically trained saxophonist who turned jazz musician. My mom was a jazz vocalist and I would go to school from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. and then go to a jazz school from 4 to 6 and then practice from 7 to 8, repeat. And then suddenly on Saturdays, it was practice for three hours. Sundays, you're playing in the church. On the summers, you're going to jazz camps. I went to three jazz camps every summer. And that was my, my life for like most from middle school until I graduated. And that, that kind of, 
brought me into a different space in how I saw myself and how I I saw the world around me. So I think in both ways, I experienced two sides of that, that coin. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I, I think they're all, I mean, we bring every piece of ourselves to every part. So I think, I guess, yeah. I'm both of them in a lot of ways, but I'm also none of them. <laughs> well, two things. One, if anyone's listening right now that can cast uh, Kelvin in a biopic of a, of a jazz musician, you just heard the best pitch I've ever heard for it. <laughs> so I hope it kind of happens for you now, Kelvin, I at some so point. Too. Yeah, man. The other thing, too, you mentioned, um, you know, relationship with your father, and uh, Tyler's got a very interesting one uh, with his and Waves. Uh, can you tell us what it was like working with uh, Sterling K. Brown, another actor who has just been red hot these last couple of years and has really exploded on the scene? He's incredible. I, I don't know why I gravitated towards him so much. and Actually, I do know why. He's, he's incredible. But <laughs> I remember seeing him in People versus OJ, as a lot of us did, and I was like, who is this guy? Like, I remember watching that miniseries over and over just because I wanted to study how he crafted that character and, like, his control over his instrument and, and, and the layers that he brought and the stillness and the, the passion that he could do with so, so little. Like, his eyes are just searing. And, he, and I was just like, I want to I do that. I want to get there. And so when I finally met him, I was just kind of, like, shocked and scared and blown away that he was going to play my dad because you know in the movie there is this i think tyler loves his dad so much and he has so much respect and admiration for his father and i had the same feeling for sterling and i didn't want to disappoint him and doesn't want to disappoint his dad he's he's, a, he's fearful of disappointing his father he's fearful of disappointing himself and so as an actor i was like I really want to make sure that I do him proud. I really want to make sure that he doesn't isn't concerned about this pivotal moment in the the script, and that he mm. isn't scared about you know whether or not we're going to lean into these cliches or the stereotypes as black people that he trusted me. And so every day was an exercise, and not only being in the ring with him to keep up um, and challenge him and, and make sure that I was giving him everything he needed and prove to him that I was enough, but also trying to get him to validate me and love me. And it, it became very, you know, too real at a certain point. But Sterling also would check in and he would be so sweet and so kind and make sure that I'm okay. And he's nothing like Ronald. So it, the, 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 there was always balance, which is, you know, not necessarily in the movie, but he's an incredible, he's an incredible person and an incredible actor and he's been an incredible mentor. So I just... I'm excited. I'm grateful. I'm excited and I'm grateful. <laughs> well, that's really good to hear. Um, you know, the movie is really hard hitting. Um, I, I can tell you this. I tell you, Ride, when I saw it at its world premiere, I cried twice while watching the film. And oh, wow. I know for some people, you know, I, I think maybe there's been a little bit of. Um, a misperception, if you will, in terms of the subject matter of the movie. Um, and so for anyone that's listening right now, if you could kind of set the record straight for them, what is the message you want people to ultimately take away when they watch Waves? Ultimately, it's, it's about it's about communication and it's about nurturing the connections that matter the most to you. I think, you know, the movie really gets into um, parent and child relationships and understanding how to love ourselves and understand our own self-worth and making sure that we are not being fearful of, of, of telling people how we feel and, and being vulnerable because those are the things that keep us the furthest apart. It's, it's, it's not understanding that no matter what, 
my parents will love me no matter what and no matter what um i will all my i will always do my best to make sure that my parents are happy it's just building that that safe space for us all and that that transcends beyond race we all have you know i always say that my i look at this movie and i go and it made me realize how much my dad is someone's son and at the end of the day i'm someone's son we're just two boys just trying to figure it out together and that that's all it is and when we put people on a pedestal and we put them in these boxes and we, when we kind of push them aside and start to kind of create these other realities of what these relationships exist in, then we're, we're, we're separating ourselves from, from becoming whole again, becoming a unit. So it is a real family story about communication and forgiveness. And, and yeah, that, that's that. You've had a hell of a last uh, couple of years for sure. Very prolific, always working. You have the photograph coming out uh, pretty soon. Uh, Covers is another one. You'll be starring uh, with Dakota Johnson, Tracy Ellis Ross, and uh, Nisha uh, Ganatra, who did uh, Late Night uh, this Mm -hmm. year, is directing that. And then uh, I'm really excited for you in Trial of the Chicago 7, mostly because I'm a big Sorkin fan. So. I want to just say personally, it's been really, really exciting to see the trajectory of your career. And I can't wait to see where it all goes. Um, where are you hoping it goes? Is there anything that you want to kind of check off the bucket list? Yeah, man. I really I want to do like a sci-fi movie. I don't know why, Ooh. but I, I grew up watching all kinds of like weird stuff like Alien and you know, my grandma just loves like genre films and like horror films and I just kind of want to do more of that stuff. That's what I grew up like watching and having fun with. And I just think it'd be kind of cool to enter that space again and see what it's like, you know? Yeah, no, that would be, that'd be great. <laughs> I would love to see you do one of those for sure. <laughs> all right, man. Well, Hey, thank you for setting aside some time to chat. Congratulations on all the success and I really appreciate you being here today, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate all the love and support. It's really, it's really nice. Thank you. Absolutely. Best of luck to you, Calvin. You too, man. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interviews with the writer and director of the A24 film Waves and its star, Kelvin Harrison Jr., here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.